0: Well it's great to be here and great to see you guys. You know, Phil mentioned Megan and I were uh, we had the opportunity to be in uh, we were near Panama City Beach this past week with a lot of our high schoolers here and and I just got to say I am I'm so proud of our students. You know, we we have such great great students around here and I had somebody ask me before the service, they said, now, I'm sure you were stressed out, and were there any behavior problems? I said, not at all. They were, they were just so great. But I will say this. I was, I was a little bit nervous going down there because I thought, well, number one, I thought, you know, teenagers are, can be a little stressful, and I'm like, my main goal is I want to keep them from coupling. As long as we just keep them, no boyfriend-girlfriend stuff. If we make it back, we're, we're going to be doing well. But, uh, but we, we went down, and I thought, you know, I'm kind of, I'm kind of past a lot of those like youth minister type days. You know, I did that a long time ago, but it's been a while. So this was like, kind of getting back on the old bike again. But the, they were the students were so great to me, and they were so gracious and kind. They didn't treat me like I was, you know, some kind of weird old guy. Except we were playing uh, one of the last days there. We were playing sand volleyball, and I'm I'm pretty competitive. You know, I, I just I just don't like to lose, and so I'm playing with these kids, and I just want to show them that. This old guy, he knows what he's doing, you know. You, you sit back and take notes. And so I'm, I'm and that's kind of channeling like that Top Gun, like Maverick, like we're out there, shirts off, and we're going at it, you know. And, uh, and so I kept diving for the ball, and, you know, you land in the sand, didn't hurt. And every time that I jump and land in the sand, some, some teenage girl there would be like, oh, oh, sir, are you okay? <laughs> Yeah, yeah, fine, just knock it off, you know how to do it again. Oh, oh, Brandon, you're, you're, oh, Mr. Hatfield, you're going to get hurt. I'm like, listen, (laughs) I'm not that old, but, uh, but they they were so great, so gracious, and we just so appreciate your guys' generosity in sending them, and uh, just really, really life-changing trip for a lot of, a lot of students. But we've been doing this series called Retro Summer, and I tell you, before I, before I jump into that, I I do want to make mention, because we have been talking about, about this, For the past few weeks, that on August the seventh, we're having a real special day around here. It's right before school gets back, and we're going to be we're going to be partnering with some of our local schools to prepare grounds, doing uh, some you know weed eating and mulching and things like that. Just some stuff that the schools need done before school can start. And we're going to be sending teams out on August the 7th. So if you haven't signed up for that, be sure to do that. uh, There's a sign-up sheet in the lobby. If you look at one of the vertical TVs, it'll say uh, Back to School Blitz. You kind of see the display there. Be sure to to sign up for that. And also know that on August the 7th, we're only having one worship service. It'll be at 9.30, and then at 11 o'clock, we're going to be sending teams out. So I hope that you'll be part of that. But we're in this series called Retro Summer, and it's been so fun for me. I, I appreciate you guys you know, letting me do this and having a little bit of fun with it. It's, it's been a little trip down memory lane thinking about retro movies and songs and things that really define the culture in the 80s and the 90s. And an amazing thing happened in my life in the, uh, in the late 90s. And that was when I turned 16 years old and got my driver's license. And for the first time in my life, I really got that taste of what sweet freedom feels like. I had a Ford Ranger pickup truck, and I made it my goal that... And this thing, it had a manual transmission, so I learned how to drive a stick shift. And it wasn't a a bad little truck. But my goal was, how can I make it better? I mean, I just want to make... I wanted this thing to be a head turner. And so I, I grew up in a little town in northern kentucky and if you wanted to you know if you wanted to fix your truck up there's really only one place that you needed to go that you could get anything that you needed and if they didn't have it you don't need it and that was the richwood flea market up in northern kentucky and and i i i had a vision for this truck so i i bought and you gotta remember this is this is the 90s I bought those neon lights that you'd put underneath the truck, and they'd light up underneath. I mean, it was sick looking, and, and, and that wasn't enough, though. I needed to be able to communicate, and so I went and bought a CB radio. I had a huge antenna on the top of my truck. I learned so many dirty jokes from truckers. If you want to hear some later, I'll tell you, but uh, you wouldn't believe well, that wasn't enough, so I, 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 it wasn't enough, I wanted to be able to not only communicate with other drivers, I wanted to be able to communicate with people on the sidewalk. You know, how can I, how can I really make some, some noise here? So I bought, and this is, I, this is true, man, I bought a Dixie air horn system, had the five horns, you know, with the little air compressor thing, and it's just like the one on the Dukes of Hazzard, and I rigged it up on a switch, and i drive down the road flip the switch, and it's just, ha 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 but she still needed more. That wasn't enough. So I, uh, one day at the flea market, I found an old speaker that had come off a fire engine. And it's, it's huge. But I thought, I think I've got room under the hood for this. And so I moved a few things around. And I was able to put that down in under the hood of my truck and rigged it up to the CB so I could switch it from radio to speaker. And I could talk to people on the sidewalk as I was driving by. <laughs> And I, some of those dirty jokes that I learned earlier, they then became, they worked in on the sidewalk there later. But uh, it, it was, it was so, it was so great. And it's funny to look back and, and you know, all that, all that stuff, it was pretty irrational. You know, I mean, that's 16-year-old Brandon, I'm spending every last dime that I've got, rather than, you know, saving money or trying to actually buy something that's worthwhile. I just kept pouring, you know, good money after bad into this little beater of a truck but at the time, I didn't feel like I could have had a better situation. I mean, it was, it was awesome, you guys. And, and eventually, though, uh, I started having problems with all that stuff. And I, I started blowing fuses left and right. I just think I had too much hooked up. And I didn't know really how to do it anyway. So I had wires crossed and things where they shouldn't be. And, and, uh, and it, was just, it was just too much between the lights and the stereo and the CB and the speaker and the horn. That little truck wasn't meant to, to do all that. And I was thinking about how many of us are, are, we're kind of doing that in our life. You know, there's shiny things out, out there that we, we want. When it comes to issues of the mind and the way that we think and process and, and view the world around us, we're, you know, we're picking things up as we go through life. And every one of us feels this little bit of a desire to, you know, who, who am I supposed to be? And, and what am I really supposed to do? And it's easy for us to get wires crossed and we get so overwhelmed. Do you ever find yourself getting so fixated on a bunch of, a bunch of stuff? Like you get a lie that is stuck in your mind and you can't stop thinking about that thing. Maybe that you, you believe that you're just not a good person. That You don't have any real good potential or something's never going to change. Or maybe it's about other people. There's somebody that's hurt you. And you just can't move past that. You can't move past that particular pain. I can't believe that they did that to me. And you just replay it over and over and over in your mind what that person said or how it affected you. We just get stuck there. We get stuck. And speaking of retro stuff, I I wanted to see if anybody, I was thinking about a throwback. I wanted to see if anybody remembers this movie. Does this ring any bells for you? (laughs) what is it karate Karate kid man i mean you talking about things that defined eras now i i uh, i I can remember as a kid just watching it and watching it and it has been a while since i've seen it but but i was jogging my memory the main theme of the film is it's really not it's about not giving up when life is full of trouble And you got trials, and there's going to be problems, but you just keep picking, you pick yourself back up, you keep growing, and you understand that our failures and our downfalls are teaching lessons. There's something to be learned in those moments, and there's so many great great quotes, you know, my favorite, probably yours, wax on, wax off. Yeah, that's, a, that's a good one. That's probably the best one. There was, a, there was a remake of the movie a few years ago with Jackie Chan. I, I love Jackie Chan, but I just, he didn't live up to it, man. I mean, he just didn't live up to Mr. Miyagi, but I, I didn't think it was as good. But uh, there, there was one of the scenes, Jackie Chan, he says this line, he says, your focus needs more focus. And I thought that was kind of funny. You know, your focus needs more focus. I heard this quote that I thought was really, really good this past week. It said that your life is always moving in the direction of your strongest thoughts. What are you, what are you thinking about? You know, where do you let your mind wander? Where do you let your mind kind of camp out when it comes to, to your life? You cannot have a positive life if you've got a negative mind. Uh, people who are always having negative thoughts, they track towards being a negative person. Or those people that are always indecisive, I can't make up my mind, don't know what to do, don't know who I am, don't know what I'm supposed to be. I'm always kind of, I'm always just kind of mixed up and uncertain. Their, their life, their, their lives are complicated and confusing. But those who are able to really focus on, on positive things and, and having a positive outlook and seeing life for what it is as opportunities that God gives us each and every day to, to live and to work and to breathe and to love and to, and to be who he's called us to be. Those people that can get there, their lives are, are uh, they head in a positive and fulfilling direction. The apostle Paul talked about how important it is that we train our thoughts. In 2 Corinthians 10, he said, we, we need to demolish arguments and every pretense that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. And I, I like the wording of that. You gotta think about the the battlefield the war for your mind it says it sets itself up against you you know we wonder sometimes why why is it so difficult for me to work past these things that i'm holding on to or to you know why am i having such a tough time unbelieving lies you know working through processes of who i am and what's going on in my life it's because there's there's something set up against you and certainly set up against the knowledge of god and so paul says we have to take captive every thought and make it obedient to christ it's about training the mind every thought Everything that enters into my, my brain, I've got to learn how to be able to take that captive and make it obedient to Christ. Romans 12 says that we shouldn't copy the behaviors and the customs of this world. But let God transform you into a new person by changing the way that you think. And then you'll learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. You know, in, the movie, in that movie Karate Kid, Mr. Miyagi tries to get you know, daniel son. Tries to get him to focus on his breathing. You know, oh, you got to focus, calm down, you know, clear your mind, focus on this task. In Philippians 4, uh, Paul says, Now, dear brothers and sisters, one final thing fix your thoughts on what is true and honorable and right and pure and lovely and admirable and think about things that are excellent and worthy of praise. I really like the way the New King James Version words this verse it says finally brethren whatever things are true whatever things are noble whatever things are just whatever things are pure whatever things are lovely and whatever things are of good report if there is any virtue if there is anything praiseworthy meditate on these things and some of us hear the word meditate and and you might think karate kid right Breathe in, breathe out. Wax on, wax off. You know, I, you know you, are we supposed to sit down and cross our legs or something? What, what does that look like in our life? If the Bible, if the Word of God is challenging us to, to be able to meditate on these things, then what does that look like practically? I, I want to give you a, another definition of meditation I think we all think about, you know, maybe a, a monk or somebody being out on a mountaintop with their legs crossed and, you know, sitting there just, oh, is that what it is? I, 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 I want you to see how scriptural and healthy the right kind of meditation can be. What's a, what's a definition? A simple one is it's to engage in mental exercise to focus one's thoughts. It's just a focus. When you look at scripture... There are many examples of godly people meditating on things that are true and lovely and admirable and excellent. You know, I was thinking this past week, you know, I get around a group of hundreds of students, you know, we're worshiping together and you you get a little chance to hear stories and uh, what, what, you know, what these students are going through and things at school and things at home and, you know, and, and I, I was thinking back, I spent a lot of time thinking back to my own childhood and when I was young, and how fast things have changed. And I talked to people who are older than me, saying, you know, I never in my wildest dreams in my lifetime would think that we would be like we are as a culture, that, that things are happening the way that they are, and, and that, that our world basically has lost all sense We we just don't know up from down anymore. And in in a world that has just basically lost its entire mind. About the very last bit of truth that we've got is the word of God. Like this is the last foundation that we can stand on. In a world that says nothing matters. And you can do whatever you want to do. And you can be whoever you want to be. And and, and you know what? Keep hearing the word like tolerance, we have to tolerate. And I was thinking, you know, what what is that? What does that mean? There's this difference between the word tolerance and repentance. You know what repentance is? We talk about that as believers in Jesus we are called to repent. And that basically what it means is you recognize, you know, there's something in my life that's wrong and I need to change. A tolerance, what it says basically is there's nothing wrong and nothing needs to change one of those things is rooted in christ the other is rooted in the world you know what what is god calling me to be i think this is where we all get a little bit hung up from time to time as we're trying to walk this tightrope between i want to honor god but i don't want to to be a jerk and so we we find ourselves leaning more and more towards tolerance and 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 kind of thinking that maybe maybe that's what god has called me to be is just to be nice to everybody and in every situation i just need to be you know, i just got to empty my mind of any conviction. And my, my, what I've been encouraged by this past week, even to remember, is that the Word of God is still the truth. No matter what's going on around us, the Word of God is still the truth, and we, it's a solid foundation for us to stand as we think about what does it mean to, to meditate, what does it mean to focus, if we're going to be those kinds of people that, okay, I'm going to think about the things that are true and Lovely and admirable, and excellent. Psalm 119, verse 15 says, I meditate on your precepts, and I consider your ways. In other words, I'm focusing my mind, God, on your truth. I'm training my mind to see your truth. We've we've sort of picked up this idea that tolerance is loving, and calling people to repentance is unloving. And I would say that the reverse is true tolerance when we're saying that there's nothing wrong here nothing needs to change we're just we're just saying to people that nothing matters and you don't matter just do whatever you want to do but when God is calling us to repentance it's a call through Jesus Christ it's the most loving and, and greatest opportunity that we have to respond to the great love of God and say you know you are too precious and you are too priceless to continue down this destructive path that you're on what does it look like for us to meditate on what is true and what is lovely and what is admirable? Psalm 143 verse 5 says, I remember the days of long ago. I meditate on all of God's works and I consider what his hands have done. Now I've heard that in Eastern traditions that you, you know, meditation is, it means to empty your mind. You know, that that's the goal. It's just I don't want to think about anything. I'm thinking about nothing and you want to get into a state of calm. But Christian meditation is not that. It's not emptying your mind, but instead it's, it's filling your mind with truth. What is God's truth? And just being planted right there, it's fixing your mind on what's true, like Philippians 4.8 tells us. And some of you, if I could just say this to you right now, your, your focus needs more focus. Your focus needs more focus. We need to learn to stand confidently on the Word of God and and to resist the temptation to ignore what god's word says in order to be tolerant to what the world says scripture makes clear you can't do both and we we have been programmed many of us to believe things that are just not true we have to focus on what is true fix your mind on the things of god because when our mind drifts i don't know about you but my mind very easily drifts i get very easily distracted And it doesn't, my my brain does not generally drift towards what's true. Where my mind drifts is to my insecurities. My mind will drift to my own fears, worst case scenarios. How many times do do I let myself do that? Think, oh, what? What if this happens? Because if this happens, then that might happen. And then this might happen. And then I'm going to be here. And it's like I have already played out a scenario in my mind that is now affecting the way that I'm living. It's affecting my, I mean, it's taking my joy away. And it's affecting the actions that I'm taking. Because I've played something out in my mind that there's not a chance, probably not a snowball's chance, that this is ever going to come to fruition. We focus on what is true. What are, the, what are the lies that you believe? What are the fears that, that you, just, you just can't shake? Stuff like you're never going to be good enough. Maybe you had a parent or you had a, an adult figure in your life and you were young that, that spoke those words into your life. And, you know, we say things like, well, you know, sticks and stones can break my bones, but words will never hurt me. That's a lie. Words do affect you, and you know they drive deep. And they leave wounds and scars behind. And maybe some of you have had those words spoken over your life. You're not going to amount to anything. And that still holds you back. Or, you know, you you should be ashamed of yourself. Where do do we think shame comes from? Anywhere in Scripture where God calls us to feel shame? Not in my Bible. How could God ever use somebody like you? I remember... Uh, in, in my own story and background, I had a I had an individual actually was a was a coach one time that uh, had asked me, "What do you want to What do you want to do, Brandon, when you, you get older? And what's your plan? What are you thinking?" And uh, and this guy was a he was a pastor, a small little church, and so I kind of shared my heart with him. He said, "You know, I feel like God might be calling me into ministry, and I think that's what I want to do. And you know, I'm still kind of." Still kind of thinking through that stuff. And I, I'm thinking, here's this guy. He's going to just speak some real wisdom into my life and encourage me. And instead he looked right at me and he said, oh, I don't, you know, I think maybe you ought to consider something else because I'm not sure that God could use somebody like you. You've had, you've had scenarios like that. You've had people in your life, maybe they, maybe their influence was big. Maybe, maybe it was just in passing. But you've had people in your life that have spoken those kind of things over you. And it just, it just hangs on, doesn't it? And so what we want to do is we want to learn how do we meditate on truth. Because we're pretty good at meditating on the lies. How can we focus and train our minds on the truth of God? And, and what I'm going to do honestly is I want to give you an exercise that's not real easy. Uh, It's not like this is, you know, it's not like if if you've been believing a lie for 10 or 15 or 30 years, it's going to be real hard to to uncross those wires. It's not like it's going to be done here in two minutes to deprogram that mistruth and replace it with truth. But I'm going to give you an exercise that honestly, I I believe it can be a game changer when it comes to focusing on what's true. Not only in helping us to understand our value of who we are in, in God's sight, but also understanding that we are prone to wander that that sin has a grip on us temptation can get its claws so deep in our flesh that it, it is it is near impossible sometimes for us to resist the urge to go down a road of of sinfulness and what we do then is we justify it in our minds in the name of tolerance and say well maybe this isn't that bad when we focus on truth, when we, when we get back to God's word, and we say, I'm not going to be influenced by culture. I'm not going to be influenced by what's popular around me. I'm only going to make my foundation, the word of God. When we, when we get back to that, we find a whole, lot of, a whole lot of confidence. We find a whole lot of satisfaction, fulfillment, knowing that we know who God's called us to be. But this is a question I want you to just wrestle with a little bit. Just let this one kind of soak, is what are the strongholds that are holding you back what's what's holding you what's keeping you from the from your god-given potential right now uh, what would you say is the top wrong mindset that is holding you hostage where are the wires crossed for some of you it could be a lie you grew up in a household that struggled with finances and so you think, I'm just not any good with this. I'm not good with money. I, my parents weren't good with money. We're not good with money. So you just believe I'm never going to be out of debt and I just can't help myself. I just buy, buy, buy and, you know, kind of kick the can down the road. And you think that, that you're just, that's your destiny. Or maybe, you know, I can't overcome this addiction. It's just, it's just something that's got such a grip over my life and there's nothing I can do about it. So therefore, I just have to just understand this is who I am. Or maybe you think we're always going to struggle. I'm never going to find real joy or happiness in life. And, you know, we look at the numbers of suicides that are happening around our world and our country. I mean, it's a staggering, staggering number of people that just get to a place where they feel like, I just can't go on anymore. Because they bought into that lie of, this is, my life is just nothing but struggle. My life is never going to go anywhere positive. Or maybe it's our health. We think, just, you know, I'm just destined to, to have bad health. Or I'm never going to feel close to God. Everybody talks about it. And, and what I see around me, it seems like there's a lot of hypocrites. Maybe, maybe that doesn't exist at all. I'm never going to have a meaningful job. I'm never, I'm never going to get married. You know, I just keep striking out in relationships. And I've, I don't know if it's me or it's them or maybe all the good people are gone. But what is, what is the stronghold? What is the lie? What is the thing that's holding you back? Now, let me ask you this next question. What truth demolishes that stronghold? We have to let the Word of God renew our minds. Paul said that over and over and over again. We have to allow the Word of God to to renew us, to change our thinking. Where where is our focus? That's what Romans 12 says. I'm going to look at it one more time. It says, don't copy. Do not copy. Don't try to fill the shoes. Don't walk in the shadow of the behavior and the customs of this world. But let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. And then you'll learn to know God's will for you, which is good, and it's pleasing, and it's perfect. I'd say it like this. This would be my challenge for you, the exercise. So if you were going to say, what can I take out of here? What can I do to start working on this? Write it. Think it. Confess it until you believe it. Write it down. Think about it confess it out loud, say it out loud until you start believing it because we're really good at believing lies. We're really, really good at at believing these these untruths about ourselves and I spend so much time talking to people who could, they just cannot, they they will not believe that God could love them enough to forgive them. And that is the biggest thing holding them back right now is they still, they, they, they just cannot believe that they are forgiven. It's like I'm just still stuck here. And I tell them, I, you know, let's, let's read scriptures together that tell us it. And we'll pray together. And, and they just say, well, I just, I just don't believe God forgives me. I know the Bible says that. And I know that you're saying that. And I know we pray and ask God to forgive. But I just, I just don't believe that God forgives me. If you're that person, you need to start writing it down. You get out a pad of paper. And you, you start writing it down. And you put it on your fridge. You write it on your bathroom mirror. Put it on your computer at work. Think about it. Confess it until you start believing it. I am loved I am chosen, I've been forgiven, I'm highly treasured, God is for me, not against me. Those are the thoughts, you you just let your mind stay right there and knowing that I am his highest creation. Jesus gave his life for me. He wants to redeem me, to restore me, he's forgiven me. I'm not what I was. I'm a new creation. The old is gone. The new has come. I mean, those scriptures that you just cling to because we are so, so good at believing the lies. Why does this matter? Your, your life is always moving in the direction of your strongest thoughts. It's always moving. We're just not stagnant. So what direction are you, are you headed in? If you don't control what you think, you'll never control what you do you got to take your mind back, meditate on truth, fix your mind on what is true and admirable and excellent and praiseworthy. Meditate on such things. We focus our mind on the truth. These are the hidden places where God develops you. you know, where do we grow the most? Um, a lot of us, I think we believe that we come to church and that that is the job of the church, that I come here on Sunday morning for an hour, and that is my spiritual growth time. And so it's the, you know, the pastor's job or the Sunday school teacher's job or the, whoever, somebody, you know, that, it's their job to make sure that I grow. I push back on that. It's actually not my job to make sure that you grow. I can't do that for you. Only you can do that. I, I can't, I, I, you know, I can't force you to eat. You've got to pick up a fork and feed yourself. The same with our growth. If we're going to walk with God, we have to take those steps to walk with God. And so our spiritual development, those places where that happens, is not just on Sunday morning, it's Wednesday afternoon after you've just walked out of a really bad meeting and you feel frustrated and you're unhappy and, and you don't know what to do next. What are you going to turn to? What are you going to think about? As after you've had that fight with your spouse on Monday, Monday evening and, and you guys are just so angry with each other, you know, it's separate bedroom time, and, and wh- what are you going to think about then? And it's those moments on, you know, th- Thursday at lunchtime when, you know, your kid calls you and says, I'm, I'm in trouble, and we need to talk about, we need to talk, i got to tell you some stuff. And you let all those fears build up. What's what's gonna happen now? Do we, where do we run to in those moments? These hidden places where God develops you, the deep work that God wants to do your, in your life is not gonna happen when you're here. It's what he does when you leave here. What do you do with the word on Wednesday? Those are the moments when it's crucial for us to meditate on the Word of God. You think about the growth cycle of plants and trees. It starts with a seed in the ground, just a small little seed. And that seed with a little water, it, it breaks open and, and begins to put down roots. And it continues to, to put down roots To a shoot uh, springs up out of the ground. And life you know, starts, starts growing and, and at some point it would be mature enough to bear fruit. Or, but for a plant to survive, I mean just, just to survive, the root system has to take up more space underground than the plant takes above the ground. Some of you have been out to California, you've you've seen the redwoods. These massive, massive trees. It's so high, it's unbelievable. And yet, do you realize that the root system is wider than the trees are tall? Just enormous, enormous root systems that they have because the foundation has to be bigger than the thing it's supporting. Foundation is crucial. And if we're going to bear fruit like Christ calls us to, if we're going to live the way God calls us to, we've got to be deeply and authentically rooted in Him and in His Word. On Christ the solid rock I stand. All of the ground is sinking sand. Because your your life will absolutely continue to move in the direction of your strongest thoughts. What are you thinking about? What has captured your attention? What has captured all of your Focus. <clears throat> read a quote by a theologian this past week, Banning Liebscher, He writes, God is not only unfolding a story on the earth, but he's also active in your life with his story. And he is writing his story over you. He has a plan and a purpose for your life that is full of hope and courage. And I hope that you know that today. And I hope that you will let your mind Remember that and believe it. Let me pray for us. Lord, I thank you for your truth that bears so much fruit in our lives. I know that it, our, our mind is a battleground and that there are a lot of competing forces that, that would knock us off course. But help us, God, to, to meditate, to hide your word in our hearts, to, to remember the truth your, your truth, who you want us to be, what lives you've called us to live, how we interact with one another and the world around us, Lord, help us to be the people who are confident in knowing that, that your word, that your word is, is truth and it is guiding us. Help us to, to be the kind of people that place all of our trust and all of our faith in the finished work of jesus christ and i ask all this in his name amen well i'm glad that you are here this this weekend and if you need to talk to somebody about any of this stuff please stop by the next steps area before you leave i hope you guys have a wonderful week and uh, we'll see you next time